0: Welcome to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast, where I've made it my mission to help beauty professionals, creative and independent entrepreneurs like you, find the tools, inspiration and motivation to unlock the abundant life you know you are meant to be living each week you can expect epic guests and solo episodes sharing every tool trick and skill set i've learned on my own 20-year journey to grow and scale your life and business i'm your host jessica bergio former salon owner turned beauty business mentor and crazy multi passionate entrepreneur here to share incredible stories and insight about how others got started and the unconventional path they took to get there my goal is to inspire you to reach your business and life goals with confidence To achieve your dream life through creating non negotiables and boundaries without sacrificing your personal well being and relationships. I know firsthand how real burnout can be, so if you're ready to stop the overwhelm and get clear and focused, you're in the right place, babe. Let's jump right in. guys, and welcome back to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Bergio. I'm super excited today because I've been in conversation with Molly over the last couple of weeks about us getting together to record this podcast, and we finally got it together today. Um, and I'm excited to bring her to you because she is a communication and business coach, which helps teach you your story and how to share your story effectively in order to acquire more clients, whether that's through you selling it with your offers, or if you're one of us independent stylists looking to get more clients in your chair. So I'm excited to have you today, Molly. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Okay. So this is funny because I literally was just talking with her around um, sales and how people in our industry feel like we don't want to be salesy. And it's been one of those underlying conversations over the past 20 years of my career that Uh, whether it comes to selling products that your clients need to take home with you, or whether it's selling yourself, um, to get the type of clientele that you want in your chair. Sales is a word that literally, I would say 99% of people in my industry are like, but I don't like to be salesy. So can you kind of break down like a, what it is that you do and then b like, why it's not really sales and explain to them what we know deep down, what it really is.
1: Sure. So what I do is I help women learn to communicate their story, their message, and their offers to their client audience, to their client, to their target audience. Um, And so that can look like a lot of different things. Like you just said, nobody really wants to be salesy, but the reality is that every human alive is selling something every day, whether it's just your ideas, you're trying to persuade someone to do something you want them to do. You're trying to get your kids to eat the dinner that you already made for them. And you don't want to make another dinner right? Like we're all trying to sell ideas. I only have dogs, but I'm trying to get that one to be quiet because I left distractions for him. And yet he's still barking. So, (laughs) you know, when it comes to you and your chair, you have products to sell. Yes. But you also are selling yourself. You need to get your clients to want to come sit in your chair. And even sometimes when they're there, you need to sell them on an idea. You need to sell them on getting the hairstyle that you think would look better on them than the one that they brought to you as the idea. You need to sell them on like convincing them that we can't, bleach your hair that much in this one session. We can't go that light today. You know, like you've got to sell them a lot of things and it's not just money exchange for products.
0: I love that. It's so funny because storytelling is one of those magical things that luckily I was told early on in my career would make or break my career. If you could conversate with anybody and and have like an emotional connection with them, they would be probably forever your client. And I was in my early twenties when I started, and that was one of the, I wasn't doing a lot of stuff like adult adults were. And I remember, you know, my boss telling me, get out in the world, learn new things, bring conversation to your chair. So people feel attached to you. So even if they don't have the best hair, when they leave, they'll still want to come back and see you. And so that allowed for me to like grow behind the chair, but also grow like into developing myself and being able to tell better stories, which in our industry, people love to a share stories and they love to, to hear stories. So
1: that's what I was about to say. Like you hear that, um, your hairdressers know everyone in town. They know everything that's happening. I just, I tell my guy everything about my life. He doesn't need to hear anything, but he's stuck there and I'm going to vent to him <laughs> you know, for the two hours that I'm in his chair. Um, so I think on one side of it, they're the client's almost making it easy for you because they're not going to stop talking most of the time. Uh, but if you can guide that conversation in the direction you want it to go, or at least, you know, um, present yourself that you want the way you want to present yourself in that conversation, you should be good to go.
0: I I love that. So tell us how you got into this industry, because I, what I'd love to share with this podcast is how we see what you're doing now. I love to see like the kind of quote after of people who are successful in their business, whether it's my industry, industries like yours, independent entrepreneurs of any sort. Um, but I always want to hear the backstory of like where you started and what kind of took you down the path to a changing things up, pivoting. And, and getting into what you are now and, and what that kind of looks like. So can you kind of take us back a little bit and walk us through how you got here?
1: Sure, so um, in the ninth grade, I really hated school. And I had this English teacher who was like, oh, you know, I think you'll do well in the journalism class because I'm just very factual, very black and white. Like it's all just very straightforward in my brain. <laughs> Um, And so I applied for that and I got accepted into that program and things just took off from there. So I started working for a bunch of newspapers. I was writing for national publications as a high schooler. Um, And then I shifted from news writing to feature writing, which is just interviewing people and telling their story to the world. And that's what I love. And then after college, I took a job um, handling all the communications for 100,000 internal and external constituents at a private school. In New England. So speaking from everyone to current students and telling them, you know, what they need to know about the school for the day, like if there's a snow day or all kinds of information they need from talking to donors and trying to get them to give us their money. It was a whole, a whole lot of talking to a whole lot of people about a whole lot of different things. Um, but they were all somewhat related. And so while I was there, part of that job was also marketing the school to seven to 17 year olds. And at the time they were all on Instagram. And so I got really good at targeting a location-based audience on Instagram. And I started growing that as a side hustle and then went full-time doing that. But what I really love is talking to people and hearing their stories and helping them tell them. So I have pivoted my business from teaching online entrepreneurs how to maximize their organic reach on Instagram to teaching them how they can better tell their stories and build those connections with their target audience.
0: That's incredible. So explain how the shifts you've seen in people's businesses, once they can effectively communicate a, what they do and sharing their story as to why you need them.
1: Yeah. So I think a lot of times we hear online business coaches telling you two things. There's two main phrases you hear, which is tell your story and speak to your audience, but what they don't do is tell you how to do that. (laughs) So that's the gap I feel. Um, but the reason that you have to be able to speak to your audience is so that she understands what it is you're saying. And also so that she just feels like she can relate to you. We need to tell them, you know, what you have in common, because that's how you make friends and start to build that no, like trust factor that we have to have before people want to give you their money. Um, oh, what was the question?
0: <laughs> I was- just, just why being able to effectively communicate what it is that you do in order to get people to shift? Because obviously there's, there's the clients that come to you. They've been trying, they're working in their business. Things are going okay, but they're not closing sales. They're not, they're not connecting with their audience. People are commenting and liking, but they're not closing sales. And I was kind of in that bubble for a little while because I wasn't, I wasn't, a, I wasn't ready to commit to like a, a, a niche. I wasn't ready to like speak to one person because I think being as old as I am, as long as I've been in the industry, I was like, do i want to work with it was something I, i had to figure out and get my messaging clear um and so i still struggle with like that kind of stuff too so maybe we can do a little quick where you can help me like hone in my message so people can maybe see themselves in that story because i know a lot of people in my industry wanting to pivot into education wanting to like learn how to branch out and do other things but they don't know how to put their 15 years of experience into here's who I am and what I do.
1: Yeah. Okay. So that's one of the questions I get the most is how do I like boil down 15 years of experience or 35 years of my life into a 30 second elevator pitch. And it's just, you know, some things to keep in mind are that you're the person you're talking to, they don't need to know everything about you in 30 seconds, or you're probably going to scare them off. A lot of times, I think we think that telling our story is being vulnerable. And while that's a part of it, and that helps people connect to you faster when you're first meeting someone all you need to tell them is like what you guys have in common how you can help them got it that's pretty much it <laughs> you can get into the rest of it and sure the longer that they work with you the more they're going to get to know about you but uh they don't need to know everything the second you meet
0: totally well straight telling hairdressers that um <laughs> That is true. (laughs) Well, but how long do you have? No, we just, we're professional therapists and talkers, listeners, all the things. We just have so much information in our brain. It's hard to like, you know, narrow it down to to the one thing. Um, So, but my main question was like, how have you seen shifts in people's businesses once they've started using your storytelling? So,
1: so the shift is that normally people are talking about what they're selling before we start working together. They're just kind of like giving the facts about what it is that is included in their offer. And they're not really showing you the story of how that offer has transformed their other clients' lives. Mm-hmm. So there's three kind of stories that you should be telling. One is um, just your origin story, how your business came to be. The second is the story of your customers. So testimonials, and instead of like showing it as just a written testimonial, which is certainly an option, talk people through it, try to set the scene for them, let them know how the client was feeling before you started working with them and after, which is exactly what you're asking me right now. And then the third one is your vision for the future. So how you think this business is going to help them farther down the road, but also how this business is going to hopefully change the world.
0: I love that. I'm taking notes. Um, yeah, awesome. So, if you guys are branching out, if you're starting something new, the three things that she just went over was origin, like why and who, right? Basically. Mm-hmm. And then two, if you've had any success with anybody you've worked with. So even if it's sharing testimonials, which would before and afters of hair, things that you work worked through, like getting them into, this is what she wanted to do. This is how we got her there. And then vision for the future. So if you, I think just to make this relatable to my audience too, if you see yourself down the road wanting to do different types of hair, different types of work with different type of clientele, you know, showing things that you don't want to be doing anymore should not be a going on your page. You shouldn't be talking about sure. what you're not interested in anymore just because it maybe gets likes or comments, focusing your business towards where you want to grow and go into. Um, and I think people get stuck doing the same old, same old, especially on social media and have a hard time like shifting. And I, I saw that gap with myself too. When I went from kind of more fitness focused health and nutrition into the coaching space, I got a lot of, what is she doing? And so it took some time for me to like, keep explaining, keep talking about what I was doing before people really started to pick up on it. Yeah.
1: yeah I, I think, think that... that, is it that coming on your end? Okay. I think that, um, anytime you have a shift, you're going to have a little bit of a gap there. I mean, I did too. Um, but if you can, keep your business around being a whole person and relating to people first and foremost, they'll transition with you eventually. Totally. And if they don't, then they weren't your people to start with.
0: I agree hundred percent. And I think yeah. that's really tough for people who are like recovering perfectionists or people, crazy or any of that you're like, wait, no. Okay. Yeah. I can help you too. Don't worry. But what I learned was once I niched down into who I was speaking to other people still came and were like, Hey, I know you do this thing, but can you help me do this? You know, so it was in that that I was like, okay, I'm fine to like really pick one specific thing, which was helping um, stylists make six figures basically part-time uh, while also building some sort of residual business on the, on the other end. Um, I still have salon owners coming to me looking for help to guide their businesses. And then a multitude of other things have come out of it as well. Uh, but I think just being able to show up and, and explain, you know, who you are and what you're capable of doing is like a game changer. Because until I got the confidence to start speaking about like the things I was good at, the things I could help people with, nobody knows. So if you're not sharing that on social media, like you're doing yourself a disservice.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of the times in my side of the industry, we hear like, Oh, well, I didn't sell anything today. Well, who did you talk to about it? You know, if you didn't tell them you had something for sale, then you couldn't sell it. And it's the same with telling your story. Well, who did you meet today? Well, nobody, because you didn't get out and
0: talk to them. It's like, you know, and bought anything from the store. You're like, well, did you ever open the front door? Like the door's right.
1: Open. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things with like entrepreneurship that I've found too. And you probably have like, it, it's, it seems so glamorous and it wasn't so like idolized 20 years ago. It was like people that were entrepreneurs. Like when I was young, even younger, I'm 40 now. Like you looked at entrepreneurs as like people that just had crazy ideas. They probably had a ton of money so they could just go start and do whatever they wanted. And, and now it's like a totally different ballgame. And that was one of the things that Chris Harder, one of my mentors always talks about was there's so many accidental entrepreneurs now who weren't set up to win who have to kind of go backwards and learn what it really means to like structure a business, speak about yourself, learn sales, be confident to kind of run all those roles before you, you know, launch your business, but when, when he called us accidental entrepreneurs, I was like, wow, that really feels like every hairdresser because a lot of us didn't get into the industry thinking we were going to like own our own business.
1: I could see how that's true. Yeah. You probably just liked doing hair and cutting your own hair in high school and it was fun and you could talk to people. So why not? Totally. I could see that. And you probably think you're going to go into a salon, but then you get there and you realize it makes way more sense to go out on your own. <laughs> financially,
0: especially if you've discovered you have that kind of entrepreneurial, like where you're like, well, I would really like to do it this way. And I feel like I could be a leader and be in charge. Like that's a whole different, different ballgame. Some people are happy to just come to work and, and leave and not have any real responsibility. But, um, so what is some of like the best advice you've ever been given? That's you know, a tough question.
1: That's a tough question. I, um, just overall, I think it it's yours if you want it. Yours if you're willing to put in the work and go get it. And that's not even something that was ever said to me. It's something that I heard my dad telling to athletes that he was coaching. It's like it's yours. If you want it it's yours, if you want it. Um, I but love, I, I'm gonna I think that applies to everyone. It's I'm thinking about getting a tattoo. It's your, It's yours. If you want it, if you're willing to put in the effort and learn the things and go for it, then you can achieve it. And even if you're not an accidental entrepreneur, like you just call them and Chris Harder calls them. Um, I think we still, you know, there's a lot to learn in the space. You might want to get started. Like I was, I always wanted to be self-employed. That's all I've ever wanted is to be my own boss. Um, but even so I didn't realize, you know, what all goes into it and just how much you have to share yourself with the world to make things grow.
0: That is so true. And I, I still sit in fuck this. I don't want to do all this to the, I I love doing this. It's so much fun. Like I've been on a week, I'm, I'm coming off a week and a half of, it may even be more than that, of not showing up really on social media. And I just was like, I was going so hard for so long. And I'm like, man, I think if this is going to be part of it, I don't know if I can hang, but again, it's part of the business and you have ebbs and flows. And that's one of the things I also learned was to give myself some grace. And if I need to take a second, like, take a second. A week's not going to kill anybody. No one probably even missed me. So, but I also don't expect to have any sales or any communication or anything else going on in that week. So it's almost like they all go together. Um, yours, if you want it takes me back to working in a big salon where I was surrounded by 20 other super talented hairstylists. And I would often wonder like, why am I so much busier than them? a lot of them, there was a handful of girls who were cranking out the same as I was, but then there was, you know, more than half of them who, who weren't. And it was like, uh, uh, this, how bad do you want it? When you're slow, do you go out and hustle for clients? Do you put yourself out there? Like, what are you doing to elevate your business? Um, what is some of the worst advice would you say you've ever been told? Oh, it'll all just work
1: out. (laughs) Like what? No, it doesn't. You have to work to make it work out. Manifesting, you like I get it, but manifesting stops at coming up with the idea, at least in my brain. Like <laughs> you actually have to go do it.
0: Totally. You're like me, we're super. <laughs> like I will sit there and think all the positive thoughts. Like I believe a hundred percent in like visualization and especially as an, growing up as an athlete, like for sure visualization was a thing. But the visualization came as my ass was on the step mill getting ready for my competition. Like I was working super- and I was visualizing. right.
1: You can't just lay in bed and visualize it all day. And suddenly you wake up wherever you're at. Like it, that's not how it goes. I wish it was, but it's not.
0: Um, okay, So I also, I also love to like know where you're going with your business. So what is your plan? Just like speak freely because I want, I want people to hear like unapologetic versions of like where you want to take your business. Because when we speak that into existence, it gives other people permission to like go for it too.
1: Um,
0: this is the story I haven't told yet.
1: Right. I heard, or I read, nope. I heard on a podcast a few weeks ago, David Meltzer, I think saying that all he ever wanted in life was to be rich Mm -hmm. and nothing has ever struck. (laughs) Nothing has ever just spoken to me more than that did. I agree. And it's not because I want all the money. It's because like, I like giving back and I like spending money. Someone at the pool the other day was like, Oh, you need to do do these kind of investments. And I'm like, I've got my investments, calm down, but I want to spend my money. I've only got one life. Might as well live it up and enjoy it and make it the best life it can be. If you have the option to, why not? Um, so where am I going with my business is to help as many women realize that they can have whatever their biggest goal is too. And that we can all get there together and there's room for all of us. So my goal is just to help as many women as I can tell their stories so that they can get to the goal that they're trying to get to with their story too.
0: I love that. That's so powerful. And it's so true. It's like, I'm a huge proponent for bringing your hand back and bringing people along with you. And I think that's why I love doing the coaching so much is just being able to encourage other people, teach them just, even if I'm a few steps ahead of them, like, Hey, listen, this is what's working for me. Like I invested in this, let me teach you the ways, because when we help more people, we just elevate everything. And that was my goal with a, the podcast and B with getting into coaching hairdressers too, was just wanted to elevate the industry that I got into that looked at the time 20 years ago, wasn't what it is now. I'm, I'm proud to say I'm a hairdresser and a salon owner and all those things now. When I first started, it was kind of like, well, hey, you know, you uniquely said, oh, I'm just a hairdresser, which at the time was is, it is such bullshit in the story that I was told from somebody else that that's not a real, real career. Um, so being able to own that and stand in that power and see so many super successful people in my industry just killing it right now pushes me to like be even better. Um, and so I think more and more people are stepping into that place of education and kind of getting out and it's like, it's yours if you want it. I love that. Um, okay. So with the beauty aspires beauty and with what I do, we always talk about non-negotiables routine and kind of like that, the thing that gets you going and keeps you centered. Like what are your, some of your non-negotiables that you can share with us that like keep you focused and like on the right track?
1: Um, my main one is that at 9am every morning I'm going live on Instagram. Which holds me accountable in a lot of different areas. It means that I have to get up and be presentable before 9am. I have to, you know, have all my thoughts ready for the day. And I normally am working before 9am to try to get all of that in place. So 9am is like, that's it for me every day, seven days a week. We're on Instagram to move the needle forward a little bit every day. Other ones are just family time with my dogs. I know I don't have, I don't have an actual family, but I have my dogs. (laughs) And so um, they definitely need attention. That is part of the day. Ultimately, all of this is, I guess, to give them the best life possible. So I can't neglect them along the way.
0: (laughs) Oh, you're speaking to so many people. So many people are animal (laughs) moms and dads way before they actually have children. I was, I had a golden retriever for 11 years before I had my son. So like, I get it fully she knew everything that girl she was the OG
1: yeah my basset hound just turned 15 so I'm like I've had him over half my life and I just want to give him the best whatever at 15 he has left I don't know but um there's that and then other ones reading I've got a whole collection of books I read way too much um but I don't I actually don't think that's possible and just overall trying to keep a positive attitude No, there's no more room for negativity.
0: (laughs) No more room
1: for self-doubt. How do you
0: focus on keeping things positive? Because I know, you know, I I listen to a lot of like Joe Dispenza and just like retraining your thoughts and making decisions around like, I'm not going to think those fucking thoughts anymore, even though they're conditioned, whatever, whatever. How do you stay in that positive frame of mind? Is it the company you keep? Is it things that you ingest like only positive propaganda? Or what is it that helps you stay focused in that?
1: I would say a lot of it is being very conscious of who I'm around and cutting out anyone that you need to, I will unfriend a person, uncousin a person, (laughs) unfamily a person. It doesn't really matter to me. And it's not to say that I'm never going to speak to them again, but they don't get priority at the top of like my day. And that's okay. Um, Because I, I think like a lot of women to go back to what I was saying before, you know, we can hear men say whatever they want to do and nobody, nobody questions it but women can't really speak up about what their real goals and dreams are. And I know growing up, I was always told like probably a dozen careers that I wanted. You can't make money doing that. You can't do that. Women can't do that. You can't do that. And it's just such baloney. And I don't know why I just censored myself. It's such bullshit. Yeah, (laughs) And, um, So I've had to let a lot of those people go. They just don't get me every day anymore or even once a week because I have big goals that I want to hit on a quick timeline. And, you know, hopefully they'll still be there when we get there or I'll prove them wrong in the process. Um, But I'm very conscious of who is around me speaking to me and only having people who are here to cheer me on there. I mean, now constructive criticism is one thing we need all of that, but, um, I don't speak to people on a daily basis who just don't believe in me.
0: Well, we know the freaking difference between people who are there to hype you up and really like pour into you and the people that are like, mm, you should just get a real job. Like, right. you know, the fucking difference for sure. And it like yes. took my mom years before like hairdressing was a cool career. And, you know, even transitioning into this, people were like, why? Like you're making such good money doing hair. Like, why would you, and you just opened a this what? Like the, like, I'm like, y'all can't be my people for a while. See you in six to 12 months when I get, right. the calling. if you can't understand where I'm at, like, that's totally fine. But that's one of the things I think also as women, like we want people to be more accepting and nurturing and like kind of there for you, even through the shifts and pivots. And it's one of the, one of the Better times that, you know, rolling in my masculine has helped me because it's allowed me to kind of sit back and be like, you know what? I'm good right now. I don't necessarily need all that. I can figure it out, not on my own, but I can go get the help where it's needed. And that's why investing in coaches and mentorships and getting into masterminds has, has put me in rooms with people who are willing to have those conversations. They don't see me as competition. They don't see me as anything, but uh, another person to shoot really good ideas with and support them. So have you been a part of anything like that in the past that's helped you kind of grow?
1: Yeah. Funny enough, I went through a very nasty divorce a few years ago and my entire circle now is completely different than it was before that. The only person who has remained in my circle this entire time is my best friend, Raven. And I met her in a Facebook group for entrepreneurs like nine months before my divorce started. And so I met her (laughs) She, I talk, I've talked to her every single day for like four and a half years. Um, And now since then, I joined a bunch of coaching programs. When I first got out of the divorce, it was really nasty. And I, I just needed to be around women who just thought the same way. It wasn't at the time that I was really using the, the course or the program to build my business like I should have been, but I needed to get back in a room of people who just supported me. And since then I've joined other programs, other masterminds that, you know, I'm in a place now mentally to really grow the business again. Um, but this group of women is are they're my whole circle.
0: You're speaking to my heart right now, because that is one of the top reasons I joined Chris and Lori's mastermind two years ago is I was in that same place of needing that support. Um, at the time I was single And just really lacking conversation like that in my life as to where I could be going. And I invested a huge chunk of money with no plan, no idea, no business to scale, no nothing. And I was literally like, if I could walk away with a couple solid new friends, Mm -hmm. like I feel like my investment was made. And what that investment did for me over the next two years has a created, yes, a couple best friends out of it, but also like I've generated more revenue and, and come up with different ideas and had a support system and had epic conversations that I would have never had access to prior. And so then towards like, after a year into it, like growing the coaching business, like I didn't even own the salon at the time before that, it was just like people breathing that confidence into you until you like, believe it in yourself. And that's why staying around other people doing even close to things that you want to be doing is so important.
1: Even in some of these groups, the women there, they don't necessarily understand what you're doing because their business is completely different. But what they do understand is that we've all got big goals and we're going for them. So, you know, before it would be, you're surrounded by friends and family who don't understand what you're doing and therefore it's invalid. Now you're around people who still don't understand, but they're like, yeah, you can go do it. You can do it. Whatever you want to do, you can do it.
0: Totally. I love, <laughs> so it. I love that. I'm so unapologetic about saying that, listening to that guy's podcast or whatever it was when he said, I, I just always wanted to be rich. Like, I think there was a, I didn't even realize I had money, like blocks or whatever you want to call them prior to getting into the mastermind and getting around conversations around people talking about that. And, you know, Chris said something about uh, one of their dogs was dying of cancer. And the doctor said something to him about, well, sir, it's going to cost you 10 grand just to find out blah, blah, blah. And he was like, so you're not going to do it. He's like, well, do you want it? he's like, I don't give a fuck how much it costs. Like right. get, here's the check. And he got on the podcast after the dog passed away. And he was like, do I regret spending that money? Absolutely not. He's like, I am so fortunate that I put myself in a situation that I can write a check like that and not even blink an eye. And I was like, you know, you talk about animals, it's big to my heart. And what if that happened to your brother's dog and he didn't have the money, how great would it be to send the check over there? So when I get into my coaching programs with a lot of people, you know, they're like, you know, it's a, it's called the six figure stylist course. And they're like, well, I, it's not about being rich. I don't need a lot. And, and, you know, and then we write down goals and it's like the house, the car, the trips, the, this. Mm-hmm. and I'm like, bitch, you want to fucking be rich. You need to make money. We live <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. A hundred thousand dollars a year in San Diego. You're living like mediocre. Ooh, I know I did know mediocre.
1: it's not good. <laughs> it's
0: not even 20 years ago, it wasn't enough to buy over a $500,000 house. And now you can't even get a condo for that out here. So yeah. when, when I break down the money mindset stuff around it, it, it really, it's, it's funny and it helps people be more unapologetic about, okay, yeah, I do want to make a shit ton of money. I want enough money to where like, I'd have choices and, um, right choices,
1: choices. It's not that money, you know, people always say, well, money doesn't buy happiness. No, it buys you choices. It buys you options. It buys you whatever the F you want to do. It buys you the option to say, hey, I'm going to spend my time the way I want to spend it with who I want to spend it and not doing whatever it is that you told me I need to do and make 20 bucks. Like, uh, (laughs) I, yeah, I think saying that women want to make money, it's, there's no reason for it to still be such a dirty phrase. Like, there's no reason for us to still have all these thoughts around it. If you want to go make money, go make money. just do your thing.
0: And on that note, so how can people find you and work with you if they want to craft like a better story so they can better communicate with their clients? What, what do you have right now that they can check out?
1: Yeah. So come find me on Instagram. I pretty much live there. I'm at determined Molly on all platforms, but that's where you can get in touch with me. The easiest I have one-on-one coaching. I have a membership. I have all kinds of services to meet whatever your needs are.
0: Okay. You guys check her out because she's every day. Is it 9.00 AM?
1: 9 a.m. Central. Yes.
0: So what is that for us?
1: That's 7 a.m. Pacific. 7
0: okay, so when you're getting ready for work, hop on, watch Molly in the morning. You could probably submit questions or try to talk to her when she's on her lives too. She's probably always looking for someone to have a conversation with. I'm um, yeah. sharing your story and just crafting something that resonates with people, because that's also what I'm always trying to share with people is what makes you unique and different. What would make you the person they choose to wait six to eight weeks to come see versus somebody else. And that's kind of for whatever business you're in, any creative entrepreneurship, any, any business whatsoever, you know, what makes you different than the next person? And that's kind of like your, uh, your specialty. So, yeah,
1: I agree. I think if you're struggling because you think that your life is just boring or you're not that interesting, or all you do is spend the whole day behind your chair and say you've got nothing else to talk about. You just need someone like me who's really great at asking questions <laughs> to dig in a little bit and find out what it is that we need to be telling your people.
0: Totally. Ask better questions, you get get better answers. I love that. Exactly. Thank you, Molly. This was so awesome. You guys follow her on Instagram at determined Molly. We'll put all of that good stuff in the show notes. And as usual, if you love this podcast, please share it with your friends, tag us on social media. Um, and leave us a review. We love you guys so, so much. We will see you on the next one. Take care. Thank you.